Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the Pump Fake. Jared Bailey with you as always. Joined for the first time by some miracle of God for the first time. <laughs> Derek Brown of Fantasy Press. Hi, buddy. It's good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> That's one hell of a lead in, Bailey. I love it, man. Um, yeah, it's a good day, dude. You know, we've been, we're we've been buddies for a little bit. I'm just this is the first time you've been on here, so I, I feel bad. I mean, we've tried to do this before, but like, dude, I fell asleep that one time, and I felt so fucking. Oh, I forgot about that. Holy shit, I totally forgot about that. What do you? (laughs) I was was... sitting here go through like the whole spiel, life and things and stuff happened. I forgot. It was like the month before. It was like the month before the Senior Bowl. The oh month before the Senior Bowl, I sent God. you like, "Hey, you want to do a show?" And we set it for like seven. I wake up, it's like set. No, no, no. It was early afternoon because you had to like pick up your kid from somewhere. Yeah, I yeah. Up, like, Dude, cool. I gotta go get you my kid. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh my God. I forgot about that. That's, that's funny, man. I didn't mean to, I wouldn't try to like, you know, just blindly set you up to, uh, no, it's okay. yourself, but like, I mean, you know, it works, it works. It's all good. <laughs> I went through a stretch where I was just exhausted all the time and you just, you just caught the bat the bad end of the stick there, buddy. Um, but I'm glad that you're here now. <laughs> if that makes you feel better. I, I, you know what? I feel, I feel great about that, Jared. I'm glad we finally did this. Um, Me too. I know we're just kind of, you know, um, going off the cuff today and rolling through some topics and stuff, dude. But I mean, what, what better do we have to do on a Friday right now? A little bit closer to the NFL draft, so we're just waiting. Which at this point, man, I mean, come on, are we at the point of the process at this point to where it's like, come on, the draft needs to to get here like now like i feel like we're just gotten to the point where it's just bullshit and just information's getting recycled at this point no i agree i think that it's more than past time just to move the draft up to like mid-april instead mm-hmm. of end of april i think that makes sense um like you can keep all the off-season programming stuff the exact same but stop making us wait an entire <laughs> two months after the combine until we get to see where these guys go. NFL's um, not going to do that. They got to drag it out of you, Jared. Like they got to be like, no, just a little bit longer. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, what is, you know, what's everybody on NFL network going to talk about for those two months and, you know, everybody else on the respective programming to, you know, to make us really, to really want it. Um, but from a pure, just wanting to get it done and over with and tired of waiting standpoint, I think we have reached that point where we're just like, all right, let's just, let's just do this thing. Yeah, I mean, takes are getting recycled upon takes. People are, uh, you know, out in the streets and kind of, you know, the spot of boredom where we're we're ranking um, Jalen Hyatt as wide receiver one and Luke Musgrave as tight end one. I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, we're out here wilding, man. Just waiting for the draft. Everybody's wilding a little bit. It's the point where everybody's looking a little bit too far into things, I think. (laughs) Over analysis, baby, always. Gotta love it. Um, we'll start with something that definitely hasn't been talked about enough this offseason. Lamar Jackson. Um, oh yeah, nobody's nobody's <laughs> mentioned him in like the last 30 minutes. It's all good. Also, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna join you with the uh being a backwards hat kind of guy. 
for for this show. Oh, are you not usually? You just you know, I am usually. This one just is one of the rare ones that looks good on my hat or on my head forward because the brim just goes lower than most, and it's not a long brim. So usually, I'm a hat forward kind of guy if I find it, but hat backwards is never bad. Plus, like. Um, the yeah. way this ring light is hitting right now, it's a white one. You can't really see that there's pinstripes on it. I look like I'm emerging from Nazareth. Um, but regardless, Lamar Jackson, um, I <laughs> sent out a tweet earlier that if Baltimore, it does seem likely that they're, they're going to have to you know, move on in life without Lamar Jackson. And if that's the case, then I think we've reached – we're, if we haven't reached the point yet, we're reaching a point where they need to start figuring out what that life is going to look like. And I think best case scenario for them is get a, a veteran that is reliable for a year, not necessarily a long-term guy, but a bridge guy, and follow that up by drafting somebody who can be that next franchise guy. And to me, those two guys that would go hand in glove would be I mean, speaking of bridges, Teddy Bridgewater mm-hmm. and drafting Hendon Hooker. Your thoughts on that? Well, I guess I can give a little bit of backup. One, Teddy Bridgewater, not necessarily a starter anymore, like a long-term starter, fine bridge guy, one of the better backups you can find. Hendon Hooker, first-round talent. If he doesn't get hurt, he probably goes first round. I, mean, you got... I, I, I would think so. I mean, we can differ... I th- we can differ opinions on like his talent per se, but I think he would have gone in the first round had he stayed healthy. Um, I mean, you got people mocking him at number five to Seattle, even though he did. <laughs> um, um, yeah, about <laughs> that. Um, there's a reason that why you know some people are tagged with the uh, the label of former GM and not current. I'll just I'll, I'll throw that out there without you know trying to bury anybody. But I. Um, I'll push back, man. Like, and it's not like I don't dislike Hinnon Hooker. Like, mm-hmm. I have him uh, ranked where I think everybody else has him ranked, like QB five of this class and stuff. Oh. And um, it's not me disliking Hinnon Hooker, but like, do I look at him as like he should have been a first round guy if he stayed healthy? No. Like, um, he had a good career, not an amazing career. He had a really good season at Tennessee, not a fantastic like knockdown drag out type of thing. And the other thing, I mean, like, look, yeah, we all make our jokes that he's 25, but that also, it, I mean, it enters the process when you're going to, if you were to finish as a, as a first round draft pick and the time you're, you're finishing your rookie contract, he's 30 years old. Like, I mean, it comes into play, man. Like, we're talking about the window as he's 30, these um, rookie contracts and stuff like that. Like, with Hinn and Hooker, like, he's a guy that's going to have to go into a system. Like, my whole thing about, like, where he fits and everything, you have to look at him as being a starter right now or at least in the next year because there's no way in hell he's going to go to a situation where he sits for the next two to three seasons and then what? He's a 27-year-old. You're just now figuring out, like, okay, can he be our quarterback or not? Like, no. Like, that makes zero sense. So, like, I, I've never viewed Hinn and Hooker. I still don't as ever being a first-round prospect. I, I don't have a problem. Like, I'd have a second-round grade um, for him, but I don't think he would have ever or should have ever made it into the first round out, outside of people mocking him top five just for damn clicks. Um you know, so I mean, I don't hate if Baltimore were, were to go that direction. Um, 
you know, considering the situation situation with Lamar. Um, and, and the funny thing is, you threw this to me earlier today about like the the combo of Teddy and Hendon, and I was like, T- Teddy Bridgewater was a guy that um, I I firmly agree could easily land in Baltimore. Like if they were to get move on from Lamar, and instead of saying okay. Um, we need to draft a guy. Like, say they, they pull the deal with, with the Colts. They get the fourth pick, but they're not in love with any of those guys. Okay, fine. Just sign Teddy to, like, a two-year deal, one, like, basically a one-year deal with uh, some second-year low-guaranteed money. He could be a serviceable backup for you, even if you're drafting him. And then you go and roll out there with uh, with Teddy this year and figure out the quarterback position next year. Like, if there's not a guy in this class, even if they were to trade up to the fourth pick, they're like, we love this guy. Like, say the top three picks go Stroud, Young, and A. Rich. And they're standing there, like, they're sitting there staring at Will Levis, and they're like, well, we don't really like Will Levis. Like, he's not the top guy on their board. They weren't high on him during the entire process. Then, fine, just punt the quarterback position to next year, go out there, run the ball, um, you know, install Munkin's offense, try to, you know, whether they're going to – in that process, build up the skill position. Like if they were to trade back from four, add more to the offense and the defense, because the defense is declining a little bit in the sense that like they lost a bunch of secondary guys. Marcus Peters is a free agent. Um, I think there's a, a good thing to be said for a few different routes the, the Ravens could take in this draft. And even if they were to get the top, like a top five pick, not going quarterback, I think is also on the board. Even if they were to like, say like, we're just not going to address the quarterback position in this draft. We're going to take a high-end edge rusher or what have you. I think anything's really can't rule anything out, and I don't think it would be a bad way to approach the season for them. Even if they don't decide to draft a guy next year, like if they wanted to go after someone like like Kirk Cousins, who's going to likely be available, yep. or if they wanted to, if they wanted themselves to make a move for a guy like Trey Lance, you know, depending on what San Francisco does, like they have options outside of having to start fresh with a rookie. Um, even if, you know, drafting a guy and using him as a bridge for someone that they draft isn't something that, that they want to do. There's still guys out there that they can, you know, yep. mortgage um, their future on and, you know, try to get. You know, I think that Trey Lance is someone that that is kind of a wild card on all this for them. Um, I think it's kind of a good name for them, too. If, like, if they were to not, like, address quarterback this year, could they just go out and, like, um, I mean, we don't know what Tennessee's going to do. Could Baltimore just to say, like, you know, we'll we'll sit here and trade for Ryan Tannehill yeah. or sign him after the season? You know, I mean, I think Cousins is a good uh, name that you mentioned there, too. I think that we could be seeing an like a, a philosophy um, transition in Baltimore from all the time with Lamar and stuff, and maybe they could go with a pocket passer. It's one of the big reasons why, like, this entire offseason, I've had a lot of interest in J.K. Dobbins because – He's not seen in the same ilk as some other like really talented running backs. Now, a lot of that's been because of injury and stuff like that. But when he's been on the NFL field, the dude's been, I mean, he pops and damn near everything you look at for running backs as far as efficiency. Um, I think he can hair he can handle like a hit like a decent workload. And we haven't seen him catch any passes because well, it's been in Baltimore and you've had nothing but Lamar under center. So that's yeah. just not what they do. So is he a player that like could go out and have a career best season this year? If things like were to shift, if you saw like Bridgewater under center or they were to trade for Ryan Tannehill or something of that nature, I think that like JK Dobbins could be a really 
a guy who could be walking into a good situation for possibly a career year and nobody's talking about it. Now, in terms of where Lamar goes after that, I mean, everybody seems to come out every day with like one of those big cheerleading mega horns and just saying, we don't want him. We're not trading for Lamar Jackson. Don't worry. We're cool with Jacoby. Not in our plans. We're we're cool with Jacoby Brissett and Sam Howell in Washington. Don't you worry. We're we're good with Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. We don't we don't need Lamar Jackson. <laughs> we're chilling. We're chilling over here. Um, if if this does drag out post draft, that opens that opens a lot of things for certain teams. Mm-hmm. One of those teams, God help us, if it happens, San Francisco. If this goes post draft, they would then be eligible to trade for him because they can't trade for him as of right now because they don't have their own first round pick. So they to match the tender, they need two of their next first round picks. If this goes after the draft, they can send their first and 24 and 25 to get Lamar Jackson if the Ravens don't or if that offer sheet isn't matched. And it could happen. Mm-hmm. I, as a selfish football fan, would love to see San Francisco beat teams 50 to, to 10 each week and just see how far an OP team like that could go. Um, and I think that someone like Kyle Shanahan and that type of offense that he runs, it would be fun to see. I think it is a very long shot, but the chances of it happening are greater than zero. Yeah. I mean, I think that Trey Lance and we've kind of mentioned his name a few different times here is a really interesting player based off of what his NFL future looks like, you know, um, not just trying to make a lazy comparison or like Baltimore trading for Trey Lance, but could you see something like that happen? Yeah. I mean, I think it's possible. I think that the 49ers are really in the, in the mix to win now. Um, do I think that somebody like Lamar like fits their scheme perfectly? <laughs> I mean, it's hard to say. Like, we've only seen like Lamar in Greg Roman's offense to this point. So to say that he can't play is just like like a drop back passer, like a traditional drop back passer. I'm not going to say that at all, man. Like, I think that like that's firmly in his range of outcomes. If he were going to was move, you know, running less and had mm-hmm. more skill around him, like the best version of any Ravens offense that we've seen with Lamar in it has been what. Hollywood Brown, who's been who is healthy and then at times not and really not a true number one. And Mark Andrews, that's the most weapons he's ever been surrounded with. Just so to say that he can't operate this scheme or this scheme or this scheme or this scheme is really pigeonholing him into a spot that he does not deserve because we just haven't seen it. So to say that he can't do it is really asinine because you're really projecting things that we have not seen to this point. So, I mean, I don't think he's a perfect hand and glove fit for what the 49ers want to get out of their quarterback position. But, you know, I, I think somewhere in Shanahan's head, he was like, okay, like, what could we do with the the dynamic skill set of a rushing quarterback? Like, what did I do with RG3? What am I going to do if Trey Lance in the building and this really hits? So if they were to revisit that type of, like, whatever the thought process was behind Trey Lance and just equate that to Lamar Jackson – I could definitely see it, man. I mean, I think the most likely spot for him is probably the Colts because um, Ursay is going to want to sell tickets. They need a quarterback. They've needed a quarterback for years and years. Yeah. And they've got a – I mean, it's a good situation he'd be airdropped in. Um, Jim Bob Cooter is a good enough OC. We've seen him have success with various quarterbacks. Um, is there a better know- name in the history of coordinators of football than Jim Bob Cooter, by the way? As far as names? As far as names. Peeling names. Oh, that's a good one, man. 
It's a good one. It's a really good one. Uh, I, I, I think the only this program. the only thing that can rival Cooter status is as far as like a swag level um, would have to be. Oh God, what I'm blanking on his name, man. Um, he was Who the oh McAdoo was the that McAdoo, McAdoo? Uh, slick back swag man. Like after he got the haircut and stuff. That's the only thing offensive coordinator wise that consider a match just the the ultimate swaggy name of Jim Bob Cooter. You'd have to have the hair of McAdoo, prime McAdoo. Ben McAdoo and Jim Bob Cooter, what a murder's row of offensive offensive play callers. Um <laughs> you mentioned the the lack of talent that Lamar's had around him. Let me re- let me read you the list of wide receivers on the Baltimore Ravens roster since Lamar Jackson has been the full-time starter. You ready? Yeah, I'm going to prepare myself here. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, in no particular order, here's here's how they go. Marquise Brown, who you already mentioned, Willie Sneed, Seth Roberts, Miles Boykin, Chris Moore, Jaleel Scott, Devin DuVernay, Des Bryant, James Prochet, Rashad Bateman, Sammy Watkins, Tylen Wallace, Demarcus Robinson, Deshaun Jackson, Andy Isabella. Those are all players that have caught a pass at the receiver position under the Lamar Jackson regime in Baltimore. Wolf. That's oh, it's terrible. It, that is really, really bad, man. Like it, I already knew it was bad, but to hear the context of the names he's been surrounded with, it's just at some point you have to wonder, like you have to look at the Ravens and say, what in the absolute hell are you doing? Yeah. Like you're signing scrubs. You're drafting guys that have horrible profiles. Like, for everybody that was out in the streets, I'm like, you know, and then there was a hive, man. There was a hive about Tylen Wallace when he came out. I was part and, of that hive, by the way. I loved him oh, in the field that year. I was not, dude. <laughs> I looked at Tylen Wallace as like, uh-uh, I, I'm, I'm not buying what, what people are selling on this. <laughs> um, I just, Baltimore has been so bad at drafting guys and trying to even like sign guys it's like what whatever details you should have been looking at you're looking at the wrong ones boo boo like it's it's been nothing but bad and i felt i know that like that sounds like i'm shading my my dude rashad bayman but i i love bayman i i love that dude so much it's just the fact that like he has not been able to stay healthy you've seen plenty of flash moments for rashad bayman but we just haven't seen him be healthy. I, I, I quietly still believe this is the Bateman year, um, as bad as all these names, and I don't want to lump him into that that comical cast of characters yeah. that you just rattled off. Like I think that he is definitely a tier above, and we just need health to see it. But outside of that, I mean, Baltimore's draft picks and signings with wide receivers has just been one wet fart after another. Yeah, no, I mean, when, when signings like prehistoric Des Bryant or 97, <laughs> 97-year-old Deshaun Jackson, or was, wasn't was ever really good with any team that he was on, but let's maybe he'll be different with us. Sammy Watkins are your notable wide receiver signings, either mid-season or before the season. That's a problem. Now, there was, I think it was the off-season going into, what, 2021, where they were rumored to be on, on like, every major receiving threat. Um they reportedly wanted Kenny Galladay. He went to New York. They reportedly wanted Juju. He came back to Pittsburgh that year. Um, I think there was one more that they were in on that decided to go elsewhere. 
And I think a lot of people looked at that as like, well, they want to catch the ball. And this is an offense that doesn't really give them opportunities to shine. And that's understandable. I mean, Greg Roman's offense, we saw it. It's very run-centric, tight end-centric. There's not a lot of opportunities for for guys outside of that number one spot to to make play. So I get I get why guys would be a little bit deterred from going to Baltimore for that reason. Um, but we we've yet to see Lamar Jackson with you know a, a real cast of receivers that that'll really help him. That's why you know a team like Miami would have made so much sense to me, and that would have been so much fun to watch with him and Hill and Waddle. That and watching them against Josh Allen and the Bills twice a year, or Aaron Rodgers and the Jets twice a year. Sign me the hell up for that. I was excited, and now we don't get it because you know they they picked up to his fifth year option, which I don't necessarily think was the best of ideas. But that's neither here nor there. Um, we'll see. Um, you say Indianapolis is the spot that you think he's going to, right? Yeah, I think it's going to be Indy just because of their quarterback need. But I, I'll throw, man, I'll say this: if he were to land with the Commanders, that that honestly would be a quietly very fun. Like you got Terry McLaurin there, you got Jahan Dotson, you have talent um, at the running back position. Like they also can, I mean, considering what they would have to give up to get him and stuff, maybe they even add a tight end to the mix. Um, if they don't have to forego, like, you know, not even a first round pick, second round picks, what have you. Like that could be a really, really fun spot. With Airbnb, I, don't, I don't know if we get it. Yeah. I mean, it's another like quietly sexy landing spot. Um, but I don't know if we get it, man. The commanders just feel like another shit show franchise well, that I has mean, exactly. no clue what they're doing. Exactly. And that's why bad teams stay bad teams. Yep. Whenever you're saying we're committed to Jacoby Brissett and Sam Howell this year, or the Falcons, the spot that makes what? everybody's been saying is make makes a ton of sense for them. And that horrible division that would, if they got Lamar Jackson, they would absolutely be the favorite in that division right away. And they say, Nope, we're good with Desmond Ritter. We're fine. Like, really? I, I don't know if it's Atlanta saying, look, like we, we're, we're, we're just not at the point. Like if, if they looked at themselves in the mirror after some of the Watson stuff previously and said, you know what, this roster is not at the point of competing yet. And if we do this and we tie ourselves to like a high end quarterback, as far as contract and money and stuff like that, can we still add to this roster and get to that point? And I think that's probably where they looked at themselves like it's a really, really sobering, like so long stare in the mirror and said, nope. So, I mean, I would I love to see Lamar Jackson throwing to Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Oh, yeah, that would be that'd be a lot. <laughs> that'd be a lot of fun. But yep. I, I don't know if I see it actually coming to fruition. I mean, outside of Indy and maybe a, a sneaky commander spot. I mean, where do you have him going, Bailey? I think a very selfishly fun place. There's two of them. One, Detroit would make me very happy seeing him in that offense. Now, don't get me wrong. I I hate doing that to my guy, Jared Goff, who I've grown to love over the last calendar year and have so much respect for. Um, But there's a clear and obvious upgrade there. You put him behind that offensive line with Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameson Williams. That would be very, very fun to watch. Um, The other place that I think would be extremely fun, they they have they're in the midst of what looks like a mini rebuild right now. But if they are committed to staying competitive like they their head coach says they are, um, Tennessee, Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry. Yes, please. I'll take two. 
Um, <laughs> but um, I think that Detroit is one that would be super fun, super fun. And that would completely, I mean, we've seen it already this offseason, kind of a changing of the guard in that division where Detroit's gotten a lot better on paper. The Bears have gotten a lot better on paper. Minnesota's kind of going through a mini de facto rebuild. And it's going to be the Jordan Love era now in Green Bay. Like it's kind of up in the air right now. And adding Lamar Jackson to a roster that you've already, you know, smacked the table on and said, we are all in for this year. It would be a lot of fun to watch, man. I would enjoy that a lot. I would love to see the Jets, but they're, 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 they feel like they're too, too deep in bed with uh, supposedly the Aaron Rodgers move, which <sighs> I was thinking about this morning, Bailey. Like, doesn't it feel like it's been a few years since, or at least like months since Aaron Rodgers went on the McAfee show and said like, yeah, you know, I want to go to the Jets and blah. And we were all just kind of watching it. Like everybody in their collective like houses was watching that like with bated breath. And what's he going to say? Is he going to say yes? Like what, how's this going to unfold? Doesn't it feel like that was like a lifetime ago? And yet Aaron Rodgers is still sitting with the Packers. Yeah. Um, Hey, hey Siri, play in too deep by some 41 real quick. Um, this is <laughs> this is if I'd never hear the word Aaron Rodgers and trade in the same sentence again, my life would be better because of it. And I'm so tired of seeing tweets every day saying, Oh, they're getting closer to a trade. Jets and the Packers getting closer to shut the hell up until it happens. I, I'm, I'm tired of hearing it. It's the news cycle, man. It's when the days that they don't have anything to talk about. You'll see the things floating out there about like, hey, this quarterback's uh, visited one of the other 32 NFL teams in the pre-draft process. Or, hey, look, Aaron Rodgers is possibly going to maybe think about having a snack, breakfast, and then a workout. And then maybe he's going to flip through some of the Jets, like some of the uh, apartment brochures for New York. Like, it's yeah, like, like Do you remember like when... Do you remember like the lead up to the decision with LeBron James? Like it was just LeBron watch oh, for dude. a few months. Like it's like, oh, LeBron James just took a shit. We'll take you live to his home right just now. Just as ridiculous as this. It's it's absurd, and I'm so ready for it to be over. Now there's reports saying that it could be one of these things that gets finalized on the night of the draft. And if we have to wait through another three weeks of this, it's just get it done. Obviously, it's not a matter of when; it's a matter of if. At this point, just fucking figure it out. I mean, to me, I'm like, what is what's the holdup? It has yeah. to be something with draft picks and stuff like that. Like, but at that point, you're kind of like, I mean, at this point, how have you not gotten to the to the ledge of okay, are we going to do this or are we not? Like, yes. you you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like it, it's it's the same thing as like having dynasty trade discussions with somebody for like four weeks. And being like, well, we're still far apart. And sending somebody a text message and saying, so what do you think about this? Is the answer still no? Yeah, the answer still no. All right, see you next week. Like, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Like, what, what What are we waiting here to, like, for one of them just to, is it a stare down? Okay, blink. That's you, basically whoever whoever blinks first gets Rogers, yeah. okay? Ready, yeah. go. This is horrible <laughs> for, the, for, the, for, the, for the audio offense. <laughs> no, it's and Rodgers, like, I get that everybody, for the most part, is just tired of hearing Rodgers, too. And, like, mm -hmm. sure. Like, I, it's gotten a little bit old to me as well. But at the same time, man, like, there, I, I think you're right. There should have been some sort of, like, hard deadline where, like, if we can't agree to this at this point, then if, if I'm the Jets, I'm saying we need to explore other options because no way in hell am I rolling out Mike White or the Mormon MILF Hunter 
for another another season at quarterback. I can't take credit for that. That's Mike Tanier's. Um, but- <laughs> that's, that's the first. That's the first time I've heard that one. Oh my lord, that's yeah, you that's can, um wow. You can put it I, I would have to that. give Mike a high five. That was that wow. That virtual that, high five for Mike for Luke, man. Yeah, he's that's, fantastic. Um, for Luke. well, you can't. You've got to, especially with Lamar Jackson still in Baltimore. Like, if this isn't done by X date, and I'm Woody Johnson, and I'm the front office of the Jets, I'm saying, look, this is either going to get done, or we're going to go offer two firsts for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. who has a lot more playing time than Aaron Rodgers does. I to hell with being in too deep on this. That's I I don't care if I'm that, the That's how you stay bad as an organization. Yes. Of not being willing to adjust and stuff and it's like at some point like why would they not even entertain that too? In, in yep. the sense if you're in trade trade negotiations and things like that like if the dynamic changes the entire like situation changes or you get a competitor. It's the same thing as like when teams are negotiating for contracts against themselves or another team hops into the mix. Like, yeah, you can put your feet in the ground. If you're like basically negotiating against yourself and say, I'm not going to do that. And it, then it becomes a game of chicken. But at this point, if you're the jets, why in the absolute hell do you come out there with a statement and say, no, 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 no. We don't No, 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 no. We're, we're so much into this with the Packers that, like, you know, for good faith, it'd be bad if we pulled out of this. Like, for what? Like, this is going nowhere. You're progressing to nowhere right now. You're just in purgatory. And if you're like, and if you're the Jets, what is the worst that can happen if you pull out of this and try to go get Lamar Jackson? Brian Gutenkunz is going to block you on, uh, block your number and call you a jackass on a group text? Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's real. And who cares? Go make your team better. Go make a run at this. No screen out there that you could possibly do it. Yeah. Like, oh. Anyway, but again, this is how like bad teams stay bad. They when you're willing to sit here and do idiotic shit like this. So you know. Whereas, like opposed to this, like the other side of this coin is the Jets give up the farm for Rodgers. He plays one year and retires, and the Jets are yeah. sitting there just left holding the bag. And, and say, I think well, that's, we gave I up all of our picks. Now we don't have a quarterback again. I think that's the biggest holdup is like conditional picks and whatnot. If Rodgers only does play one year, um, but if you're the Jets at the same time, though, like what, what, what do you really need in terms of draft capital right now? Like your team is pretty damn good. You got a damn good defense with very little holes. Offensively, very little holes. How much draft capital do you really need? Like go address the most important position, which is worth whatever draft capital you got to give up and then go from there. Like it's, I, I think they're trying the to do things in reverse. Like, if you had a problem with this, then why did you ever enter the negotiations yeah. with it? Like if you had a problem with pushing all the chips and I mean like, Oh, the chips to the middle, then why the hell did you ever, it's like, it's playing with fire. You know, it's like, why would you ever like, even approach the subject? It's a lot like a guy who's just really lonely and wants a date with a girl that he's had a crush on for a really long time. And he's just throwing everything out. There's like, I'll buy you dinner. I'll do this. And then once they get to dinner and whatnot, he's like, all right, I have a confession. I cannot afford this place. How about we split the check? And then the girl's like, no, like you promised. And now they're at this, like they're figuring out if they're going to, you know, go their separate ways or just end up at a Wendy's. Like there's, (laughs) 
and right okay, now, dollar nuggets are okay. Okay, thank you very much. Dollar that's what, I mean, like that's what the Packers need to anymore. But I think you know. that's what both the Jets and the Packers need to come together and realize is that dollar nuggets on a frosty is a fine night. Yeah. You know, we don't need to spend filet mignon money. I just it doesn't make any sense to me at this point because, like, again, like what's moving the needle and. The only thing where I could think that, like, this is something that they're maybe waiting or, or you know, whether it's the Packers side saying, okay, now we're going to wait until draft night is they want to see, okay, what picks do you have and who's on the clock yeah. whenever those picks come up? And how can we mortgage that? Or, you know, it's kind of like the same thing with rookie drafts and dynasty. It's like, well, depending on well, that guy I really love just already went. So as much as I like that kind of 13th pick, I don't really like the 13th pick now as much as I did, say, five minutes ago. Yeah. Yesterday's price is not today's price, sir. Mm. So. sir. Supply and demand type of situation. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate – I can understand that portion of it. But again, like, this just feels like something that, like, if this is going to happen, it should have already happened. And at this point, it's like – you just you're in a room staring staring at each other. Uh, when, when is the awkwardness going to break? Eventually, they're just going to have to just shut up and kiss. I'm re I'm ready for it. The ending of this god awful rom com. Um, we'll stay in the AFC though, because as the resident Steelers fan of our like media friend group, yeah. um, you and I, yeah, we you and I seem to differ on a certain player, and that would be one George Pickens. Um, I love. George Pickens, and I think he's I'm very sorry. good. He's, he played well. Um, I'm excited to see what year two brings of George Pickens. You have your reservations about him. Yeah, I'm I'm not um, – I've, I've never been the biggest Pickens stan, and that's mm. because – it's not because I don't think that he is he's a talented wide receiver. It's just I don't think that he's nearly as good of a wide receiver as he's hyped up to be. I thought about that like during the tr the pre-draft process. Like when if you go back and you look at his college production, I thought it was overhyped. I think everybody turns on the highlight reels and watches contested catches and things that he does and says, oh, my Lord, like he's amazing. But then when you look at deeper metrics, you're just like, oh, okay, he's kind of just a dude. Like I, everything I've looked at on him this offseason has left me just as mildly – me as i was going into the process like last year out of 81 no, excuse me 82 qualifying wide receivers mm -hmm. you had george pickens that was sitting at 62nd in open score which they track as basically how often how well did he get open the players around him just to give some context here uh were brandon cooks greg dorch Jahan Dotson, Gabe Davis, and Marvin Jones. Not an exactly illustrious list uh, for Mr. Pickens. And I, I get it. I get it. He's a rookie. But even if you're trying to, and, and that's where I think it really comes into play of trying to parse wide receiver play, um, just wide receiver play versus what, what did Kenny Pickett have to do with this equation? And if you look at the open score, and then if you look at like route win rates and stuff, George Pickens does not pop in any of that. Like, that is After, that I will give you, by the way, like the biggest criticism of Pickens is that he's got a limited route tree and he's not the best route runner. So I, I'm yeah. completely on board with you there. I can no arguments. Well, he I mean, like to me, it's hard to get enamored with a guy that last year he finished 91st in route win rate and 81st mm -hmm. in win rate against man coverage. 
against a guy that everybody talks about like oh he balls out or he's a bully ball guy like he wins like 50 50 balls yeah he wins in contested situations the problem with george pickens is can't he evolve past anything outside of being a deep ball kind of contested guy and we haven't seen that and to be honest like my fear of George Pickens when he came into the NFL was I was not a huge fan of him running deep patterns because there were a lot of things that like left to be desired in his game. You would not see him consistently stack corners. You would see him honestly never stack corners and guys taking better angles and corners that are smaller, less physical than him, giving him problems at the catch point. Now, did he play well at the catch point last year? Yes, but you are still seeing not a fully well-rounded wide receiver who is garnering and earning targets at the level that everybody thinks that he should given his talent. And after his rookie season, I don't see anything that's changing where I'm at on George Pickens. Like, could he have a splash play like or good weeks here and there, depending on the corners that he's facing? Sure. Is he going to be a guy that consistently earns like a 20%, 25, like 22% target share in the NFL? That's the spot where I'm like, I don't know if he can get to the 20% mark and stuff. Like, I, I just don't know if he's good enough to draw targets at that high of a rate. And there's nothing after his rookie season that's telling me that he is. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like he isn't the most crisp of route runners. I'm not going to argue that the thing that does that I will come back with is while he isn't going to win, he doesn't have the win rate of, you know, the elite receivers that you want those contested balls what would be 50 50 for most guys have become like 65 35 for pickings. Now mm -hmm. you don't want that every time you throw to him. I understand that. Um, I am intrigued to see what he can do in year two, because I do think he is going to become the one in that offense. I don't, th I think there's going to be Deontay Johnson's last year with the Steelers, to be honest. I don't think they're going to like, I have to look at his contract again, but I'm pretty sure because he got a two year extension last year. Hey, you're making me pull it up right now because I'm curious. I haven't stared at his contract in a while. Yeah, he got a two-year, $36 million extension last year, if my numbers are correct. Um, yeah, so 23, he's got – yeah, I mean, he could easily be gone after this year because this is the last year that he's got dead cap that, that sits over his cap hit. After this year, it flips, um, and the Steelers could actually cut him and save um, actually a round um, flat – 10 million against the caps they were to cut him i would be very surprised if deontay johnson is a stealer in 2024 so i think that they're banking on george pickens having a breakout year similar to like what juju had when that year with ab whenever he led the team in catches and whatnot um it's just can pickens be a true number one because that's something that juju kind of proved that he is not um so we'll see but i, I would be very surprised uh if deontay johnson is there past this upcoming season and they're, they're i got one for you bailey how sure. tilted how tilted would you be um because i gotta ask you about this because i'm the more and more i've kind of looked at like the way that the steelers passing attack is is set up and constructed i think there's either one or two scenarios that i see playing out mm -hmm. either deontay johnson has a massive bounce back season and reasserts himself as like a true number one in the nfl plays well all that kind of good stuff can you pick it takes a step forward how tilted would you be if Calvin Austin came out of nowhere and was the second wide receiver on this team and it's not George Pickens? I wouldn't have, dude, I don't care who it is. <laughs> I just want them to play okay. well. I'm no. just I'm, I'm testing the Pickens love here, okay? I'm Which you, you quickly pushed the Pickens love to the side and said, Hey, if it's Calvin, I'll take Calvin. Let's go. I'm not I'm not getting rid of the fact that I do like George Pickens a lot. It's, it's just I'm 
I'm on whatever side helps the Steelers win games. And okay. now Calvin Austin, I don't know if he's going to be the number two, because if you look at numbers historically for guys, his size, they're not traditionally number two receivers. They're usually yeah. number three, number four gadget type guys. Um, and look, if Calvin Austin ends up being even like a reliable number three, then cool. That's fine. Then you can roll forward and be more confident with the fact that he can take a step forward and be, you know, somewhat of a reliable number two. Or if Pickens plays well and you think he can be a reliable number one, you can go out and get somebody else who could be a number two and keep Calvin Austin in kind of the same role. He didn't play at all last year because he, he had an injury and they kept him out. So he'll he, he redshirted last year and we'll see what he can do coming into this season. But he's got ungodly speed. And if they utilize that, which, by the way, it's kind of what the Steelers have been missing, like. Matt Canada's offense, it's not, it's a lot of dip and dunk type stuff. And if you can get Calvin Austin on just a little slot slant or a little pop screen or whatnot, he's got space. He's going to turn, you know, what would be a six yard gain into a 12 yard gain and keep the chains moving. So if he lives up to what his potential is, that's why the Steelers drafted him. I'm excited to see what he can do. And I think that, you know, a lot of Steelers fans have kind of forgotten about Calvin Austin, but I'm ready to see what he can do. Um, I mean, for a wide receiver that like, yeah, I get he was older and a lot of different metrics and stuff like that tell you that like the ceiling is not immensely high for him. Yeah. The other side of that coin is he was 18th in PFF receiving grade in his final year in college and 19th in yards per route run. So talents there as far as the size goes and stuff like that. Like, I think we are seeing more of a changing of the diagram as far as like thinner receivers, smaller receivers consistently winning in the NFL. Now, a lot of that comes down to you're not seeing nearly as many man teams and press yeah. teams and things like that. So with more teams converting and running at least like half to 60 percent of their snaps on the defensive side and zone, then it's allowing a lot of these other receivers that like, you know, back in the early 90s when it was like, OK, are you big? Are you fast? Can you run? OK, you can play outside. You can play X. And everybody else can't. Yeah, I think you're seeing that the NFL also things are changing in that aspect to where we're not just like totally writing off guys that are 170 pounds, you know, 180 pounds anymore of where they could play and what they could play and, and how high their ceiling is. So, you know, it, it's somebody that I think that has kind of been swept under the rug um, that I think that honestly, if Pickens doesn't take the mantle or, you know, maybe, Pat Fryer, Pat if doesn't take the mantle as the second option in this passing attack, there's an easy path for Calvin Austin to, to do so. It's all going to come down to what does Kenny Pickett look like in year two. And for the life of me, I will never understand why Mike Tomlin brought back Matt Canada. Um, it's, you know, continuing to take a water or take a horse to water and trying to make him drink. You can't make, make a horse drink. It's, I don't know. That that is one thing when it comes to Mike Tomlin that he is very very not good at, and that is hiring coordinators. Um, we'll see. I it's going to come down to Ken Pickett take the next step, and I hope he does. I have I've had my reservations about Kenny Pickett. He in the yeah, last month same. of the year, he is he looked good, albeit it was against you know teams like Atlanta and Indianapolis and New Orleans, like. Uh, excuse me, New Orleans had a good defense last year. New Orleans had a good defense last year. Um, however, there's other teams were the dog water of the NFL. Um, That's fair. And playing a ball like playing a Baltimore team where they were ungodly bad when after Lamar Jackson got hurt, and it took them like the last drive was phenomenal. He made 
his three best throws as a stealer on that drive. He had one to Pat Fryermuth, one to Steven Sims, and then that, however the ball got to Najee Harris in the end zone, it did. Um, their offense was non-existent for the first 57 minutes of that game. Uh, so, and the same thing for the Raiders game. Like He played not good against the Raiders until that final drive. So there's, while, he, while we can make the argument that he might have this clutch gene in him, I would prefer if we didn't have to see it every week and he, he could put together a complete game. Can he do that going forward consistently? That is what will be the determining factor of the 2023 Steelers. That's fair. I mean, you know, I've had my reservations about Pickett um since like he has a prospect like I, i've said it and I, I will say i was surprised to see the numbers for kenny pickett and i tweeted this out a few days ago just yeah. i'm really big about like we all need to stay liquid as far as how we look at players and takes and all that kind of stuff and when you get new information you can't just shove it under the rug like last year i i i look numbers were telling me that geno smith might be actually good um, I, there, there are tweets in the reserve out there. You can go Google them right now. People that where I was like, Oh, look, Gino's numbers were actually quietly good last year and not saying forecasting the type of season that he had, but looking also through the similar lens of, okay, we need to sit here and stay fluid on our evaluations of players. Can players still get better in the NFL? Can they grow in their games? Yeah. And so I'm not going to take anything away from Kenny Pickett over his final six games. The dude, everything that I look at and care about, he was fantastic around that point. And people will push back at me about like, okay, well, yeah, but you're also talking about a guy that did not throw for over 200 yards in any game. And then, and then, like yeah. that shit doesn't matter, man. I'm not box score chasing. Like there are other parts of uh, parts and pieces to quarterback play and numbers that I care about a lot more then did he stuff the stat box? Did he stuff the box score and make you feel all warm and fuzzy? Like, because what I look at over the final six weeks, Kenny Pickett was first in PFF passing grade. He's fourth in big time throw rate. He's first in deep passing grade and seventh in EPA per play. Like all of those numbers are freaking fantastic. Yeah. For six game stretch where he got like basically run through the damn gauntlet at the beginning of his rookie season and then you saw a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, and he played all of these numbers. If I were to go off of these numbers, I'd say, wow, Kenny Pickett really could take a step forward in year two. And I'm not really going to shy away from that. Like, I'm not going to go overweight and be like, ah, start kind of like buying Kenny Pickett jerseys and, you know, yeah. get, get his number tattooed on my right ass cheek or anything <laughs> like that. But do I think that there is a sliver of hope for Steeler Nation and saying, okay, could Kenny Pickett turn out to be a guy that like, I've always talked about Kenny Pickett as a guy you can win with, but not because like, he's not a guy you're ever going to win because of. And I mean, maybe I'm taking an L on that. We'll see. I think that there's still a ceiling on Kenny Pickett for a few reasons. One, he just doesn't, he doesn't have a big arm. He's never going to be Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, you know, Josh Allen, Joe bro, that tier. Um, however, can he be Derek Carr? Can he be Kirk Cousins? Can he be Dak Prescott? I think so. And, and if that's the case, I will gladly retort, and I will gladly take a step back and say I was Same. wrong and incorrect. Good for Kenny Pickett. And I think that's what people kind of get lost in translation is that they think I want Kenny Pickett to be bad, which makes no sense as a Steeler fan, <laughs> wanting a guy to be bad. Um, but he he did show a lot in big moments last year. Like, I talked about the the Ravens game that they won, but 
even in Miami, it's like fourth and 18 and he's about to get rocked and he just throws a dart in coverage through a window this big that Fryermuth catches. And yeah, like it's plays like that, that, you know, give you that, that hope and make you believe. Now I do think that people go over the top too much and say, Oh, Kenny Pickett's him. There's no, but can we retire that? (laughs) Can we retire that phrase? God damn it. Do I hate that fucking phrase? He's him. That is the most annoying phrase. I already said fuck. So I'm going to keep saying fuck. That is the most annoying fucking phrase in sports. I'm so goddamn tired of any time a guy makes a play. It, oh, he's hip. Shut the fuck up. Holy hell. <laughs> he can be good. And I fully accept the fact that Kenny Pickett played well in moments. Let's stop with the whole, oh, he's him. Hey, shut up. I, I think he can be good, but let's, let's. there's a fine middle ground there between saying he's dog shit and he's the second coming. Like we can we can meet in the middle here. You, you you got me like I'm I'm sitting here doing like a Twitter search right now. I was like I don't think I've ever tweeted he is him. Like oh, I I don't think I've I seen ever. a whole lot of tweets, but I was like I don't think I've ever done that before. So I got to sit here and see like am I going to get chastised for that? But no, no, I don't think I have here. It Hold is on, not. Me... It's not been a, a a phrase. My my go to phrase is not he is him. Let me see and... if I have. Uh... I should say Jared, are you going to sell phone your? <laughs> Oh uh, no! Actually, I tweeted out. Did you? Did you? I, I tweeted out January fourteenth this year. I in quotes I said, "X player is him" is already the most overused and annoying phrase in sports. <laughs> so I'm actually coming back to nice. uh, coming nice. back to uh, coming back to I I hate it, dude. I hate overdone tropes like that. It is the most annoying thing in the yeah. world. Uh what what a what a time to be alive. Um, I have started doing a thing before we close out shows where we do power rankings, top five of any category that I think best suits the guest I have. You and I are both lovers of metal music. And I think that this would be a good opportunity to rank our five favorite metal bands. What do you say? Shit. Okay. Um, Off the cuff. So I'll I'll give like my number five, then you can give your number five. I'll give my number four. You give you. So we each get a little bit of time in between each pick. Okay. And okay. these don't necessarily even have to be in order since, you know, I always put the guests on the spot. Just as long as you have five in your head, we can just kind of roll through it. Um, but I I know what my top three are and what order they are in. But the, the bottom two are going to be going to be definitely interesting. So let me pull up my my little thing here real quick. Hmm. My, my rolling through my head about like who's gonna make this list. Yeah, I'm gonna, well, we'll we'll take a minute and like scroll through our respective Spotify's, and we can uh, we can just kind of put it together in our head and keep I'll keep talking into the mic so we don't have dead air for our our podcast listeners. Um, by the way, are, are you kicking get... this off? Or are you going to start or I'll am I starting this? Who, who, who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. Yeah. So I'll give my five, like my number yeah. five. Then you can give your number five, and then I'll okay. give my number four. You give your number four, and so on. Okay. All right. So I've got four. I just need one more, and I think I'll be good. Um, it's funny because there is one band that I love right now. They're not a metal band by any means. Uh, the 1975 are fantastic. I don't know if you've listened to the 1975. I have not. I've not. They're, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to describe them. They're just I'm great. I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm going to throw this out for you, and I want to see um, 
I'm gonna be very, very sad if you don't put Amity in the top five. If Amity, oh, don't worry, five. don't worry. They are. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. don't just, worry. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> After all the puff and praise, can be very, very sad if they if they're number five or they don't make the top five here, Jared. No, they are. I love the Amity Affliction. The the only concert I've ever cried at in my life. That's awesome, man. That says something. That was about that was about a year ago this month. Yeah, when I saw them live. Um, Okay, I think I think I've got a five and I've got an honorable mention even as well. So um, honorable mention, um, I will say Hollywood Undead because I grew up a Hollywood Undead kid. Okay, okay. And more of their newer stuff leans into the rock and whatnot, but they have too much like rap rock stuff, their other stuff. I can't consider them like a fully metal band per se, but they are definitely an honorable mention and I love them. Um, but number five is going to be Romstein. Really? Well, I love Romstein. Really? <laughs> I fucking wow, love Wow, that's not one that I thought I was going to make. Wow. Okay, hold on. Give me the case here. And outside, and you can't use Duhast as part that's of not, I don't need to use Duhast. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You can't use that. Give me the case. When I... I don't know what they are saying. Uh, if you don't know who Romstein is, by the way, they are a, I believe, German metal German. band. Yep. And... Obviously, their songs are in German. I don't know what the hell they're saying, but when I hear their music, how does that make the top five if you don't even know what they're talking about? I listen to Romstein purely for the music itself. It is absurdly good. Right? I was I was in the gym the other day, and Leipzig came on. I could have ran ninety miles through a wall, and I would have been still okay, dude. Obviously, Duhas is the one that gets the most love because, for one, it's like the third, I think I have, it's the second best song in the history of music without any arguments, uh, right behind Dragula by Rob Zombie. Um, Rob Zombie's great. Don't give me that look. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, Duhas is great. Uh, like Sight is really good. Let me pull up just my back catalog that I have of. I, I, of I, I'm kind of thrown. I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I'm tough. You started this off with like you threw oh. basically it's just like a blender at me, man. Like Deutschland, Deke Titten, oh, all of them, just great songs by Romstein. You might not know what they're saying, but if you just need something to purely just get you ready, turn on Romstein. They're my number five. Hmm. All right, we're starting off on a questionable foot here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there, um, man, there's so many good bands that I listen to that like I could I could put in here as like an honorable mention, like a number five. Yeah. Like I want to put um damn it. I really want to put um like looking through all the bands that I listen to, like I really want to put uh Polaris in there if anybody's ever listened to them. They're freaking awesome. Polaris is good. Um Polaris is absolutely fantastic. I almost like kind of want to put Memphis Mayfire in there. But I can't. I, I I'm just thinking of like catalogs of albums and who can I listen to in its entirety and stuff. Mm. Hmm. You know what? I, I'm gonna go controversial. I know that their their lead singer is is I'm not gonna say he's a great human and all these types of things, but one of the biggest like metal bands that got me into playing guitar and really into the metalcore genre in general. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with number five is going to be Azalea dying. Um, I do not like Tim. I'm not going to say that I like Tim. Um, but that does not change how I feel about their music. Fill me in um, on, as I lay down. I'm not familiar with this. Their 
Tim, Tim, Tim Lambis is their lead singer. Um, yeah. Probably near or right after the height of their popularity. Dude was on like steroids and stuff like that. Went and basically tried to hire what was an undercover cop to um, murder his ex-wife. Uh, um, and then wow. went to prison and all kinds of stuff like that. So he is since out of prison and now has like supposedly turned his life around. And he's like a... Uh, a substance abuse counselor and stuff like that and things like that. But, um, so not, not a fan of Tim. Um, although I will say like, just, they are, when you think of quintessential, like metalcore of like the late, like, or 2000s era, like just like your, your tried and true, like metalcore sound as late. I has to be in that, um, their guitarist who's no longer with the band. Nick Hippa is one of the best guitarists out there. Like I, I love what he's done. Um, so, as of Late Dying is number five. I'm going to sit here and, and throw that out there. I will say, and, I'm, and I know they're going to be in your top five, but they are right outside of my top five, Jared. I'm mm. going to throw this out there. Okay. That And then this only comes down to I have absolutely loved their last two to maybe three albums, but I wasn't as big of a fan of some of their, some of their catalog, especially some of the early stuff. But I, I will say, because they're going to be in your number, your top five, I will say Emotionless and White is going to be my honorable mm. mention here. No, that's a little bit heartbreaking for me. I understand, well, though. I, I, I do understand. I'm going to say this. Now, if they were to have another, if they would have made two albums back-to-back with how I feel about their last album, and the, and the name of their last album is absolutely escaping me. Um, uh, scoring the End of the World. Yes. If they would have made two albums in concurrent, like back-to-back, that would have been to the level of that album, then Motionless and White would be probably in my top three. I, I love where their sound is going. They have, um, so I'll get into more Motionless and White because you're right, they are in my top five and then I'll, I'll retort when I get to them. How's that sound? Sounds good. Okay. Retort away, sir. So like you, there are a lot of bands that could have been like in mine. Like I could have put Beartooth in mine. I could have put, Maybe, maybe we came as Romans. I like we came as oh, Romans. Oh shit! I didn't even think. Damn it! <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's a good list. Damn it! That's dance, Gavin, dance. Maybe like there's a lot of bands that are. A day to remember isn't going to be in my top five. I like day to, day to remember. Not going to be in my top five, but they could easily be in my top five. Yeah. Um. um but number four for me. Um. I have adored everything that they have done for the past three years or so, and that is Dayseeker. They are my number four. Oh, that's a good call, dude. I heard their last found, album is such a face melter. It's so good. I found so Dayseeker good. at a point in my life when I needed Dayseeker. Um, so like I found them like two months into a breakup that you know oh man yeah that, that's hard that that is some some legit if you hear sleep dude. talk when you're going through some shit that will just dude not even that song not even that song give me crying while i'm dancing there's that, so that, many that song just... will just uppercut you straight in the heart chamber dude there's Woo-hoo. so many songs that they have that are just mm-hmm. relatable and yeah like make you feel like you're understood and it, it but and their lead singer Roy Rory Rodriguez has the voice of it. Dude, angel. his voice is amazing. Like it is absolutely awesome. Like his range and especially the high end of his register is so yeah. damn good, man. Like they um I liked some of their earlier stuff. When they came out with Sleep Talk, I was like, 
fantastic. Love y'all. Love it. That entire album is just really, really good. Um, yes. Very, very well done from start to finish. So Dayseeker is my number four. And if you're not somebody who's like all that into metal music, I assume you're probably not listening at this point. But if you're a fan of either Debro <laughs> and I, and, but if you're a fan of Debro and I, and you stuck around just to hear what we say and you, you, you don't necessarily like metal music, I highly recommend you listen to Without Me by Dayseeker. Uh, it's yeah. not much of, there's Call. not a lot of like screaming in that song per se, so I think that they that you would enjoy that. But it's yeah, powerful, my four. it's a powerful song. It is very good. So that's my number four. Um. Okay. So I gave my number five. I'm gonna my number four. I'm gonna go with Wage War. Wage oh, War is great choice, D bro. Wage War is so fantastic, dude. I love them so. so I have a special special place in my heart for Wage War because Wage War and they are the reason that I started listening to metal music. Um, however, they aren't in my top five because I don't have like a big back catalog of them that I listen to too much. I have so every I album and I listen to them and I, I got into them, Jarrett, whenever, um, one of the times, uh, this last season, um, I got COVID in the middle of the season and, oh. um, I was basically down for the count. I was sick the whole freaking week and I was just laying in the bed and I was like floating through Instagram and, and somehow I stumbled upon Wage War, and I was like, how have I never listened? Like, I've heard, I had heard the name of the band a million times, and I had known about them. But it, I don't know what threw me off about them, and I never kind of like, I never went back and listened to any of their stuff. I like happened to stumble upon them because of like an Instagram ad, and I just like started listening to their stuff, and I went like way down the rabbit hole, and I was like, holy shit. Like, how have I not loved this band for, like, how how was I not in on this band, like, early? And just their, their entire catalog is so good, man. Like, they're um, they're actually playing in Dallas this weekend, um, which I'm, I'm, we're, I'm trying to talk my family into going to. Um, we, uh, but side, side note, we, we as a family go to a lot of metal concerts. Like, even my five-year-old loves it. Like, we, we treat it as a family thing. Um, but they uh their entire catalog is fantastic man like their their newest album is awesome like in the sense of like all the various like basically it shows the wide range of their talents and you got bangers in there like with some influence of like some slipknotty kind of stuff with like manic um all the way on to like godspeed godspeed, godspeed i fucking love that song it's uh, you can't not like you cannot drive like around town and be listening to Godspeed and not be like windows down like you're screaming the song you pull up to a red light and the person next to you're just like yeah, <laughs> yeah! like that's exactly what happens dude every time that song comes on my uh so we the the reason I got into metal music it was like going into my like junior year of college maybe I mean I was already into it a little bit. Um, but I was only strictly listening to like one or two bands. Um, and my friend turned on gravity by wage war and Ooh. I loved yeah. that song. I was like, Oh yes. my goodness. And I was like, all right, you know what? I, I need to like fully invest myself into like getting into this genre of music. So, uh, special place in my heart for wage war. I will start listening to more of them because you just put them over really, really well. And I, I want to hear, hear more of them. So you, you've talked me into it. Dude, they are, they are fantastic. All right. That'll bring me to my number three which is the Amity Affliction. Um, there you go. There you go. I, they are the first band that I like got extremely into um, when I started listening to metal music. Um, 
each of their last like four albums i can listen to front to back and i will yep. not skip a song so um their their lead singer uh Aaron has such a just impactful very good range of vocals um joel who's like their their uh their screamer their non-clean vocal guy is just so damn good um and like i said they are the first concert that i have been to and i that i cried in the middle of because they were playing what song are they playing um i bring the weather with me is what they were playing oh man and it was the part where they're saying place the pennies on my eyes and like they just like made everything like quiet and all that was happening was like the crowd was singing and it was just so so awesome i love the amity affliction if you're a metal fan and for some reason you haven't listened to them please go listen to them they are fantastic so i love them um the the one one of their songs that 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 always gets me is um i'm trying to think of the name um it's off the same album that they put out with pittsburgh um oh death's hand Death's dude dude death's death's hand gets me the part in the breakdown when he when they they right before the breakdown starts and he says uh yes hey death get <laughs> fucked uh is absolutely riveting dude like you yeah. want some shit that will like make you just headbang until your damn neck snaps like that breakdown is just at that point in the concert everybody knew it was coming everybody's just reaching out to the stage and at just simultaneously just going as one it was the one of the coolest experiences i've ever been a part of their stuff just has like a great feel to it like in the sense of like there are just extremely raw and brutal moments in their music and yes. there's also catchy moments and then there's there's stuff like uh like the voicemail outtakes in um i'm forgetting which one where he like uh on the voicemail like it's like his friend calling him and leaving him messages i know exactly what you're talking about um, um that's gonna bother me now let me go um <laughs> i'll have to go listen to it later and yeah. dm you but it's their stuff is just it's really really powerful um my number three is going to be um, a band that I've just, I love their entire catalog and I love where they're going with their sound. Um, we've, we've been to see them once live, my entire family, and we're going to go again when they come here. I think it's in May. I, I, I love every single thing that I prevail is doing right now. Mm. Love, love, love them. And like their, their music is it's, it's almost like genre shattering, like between their heavy stuff, what they have done in the musical leap they have taken in their last, I'd say two albums, um, trauma and their newest album. It has just been fantastic, man. It's, it's the ultimate, like, they have buildups. They have great spots. Like they have, they have really, really catchy songs. Like yes. you cannot sit here and listen to bad habits without like just it, it taking over your soul. I'm, I'm having trouble holding still thinking about bad habits. It's, it's so good, dude. Um, but all of their music is so fantastic, man. Between that and they have such a good playlist of like between things that are just so damn heavy yes. and in your face. And like, if you listen to like, uh, bow down or gasoline like those songs like if you don't want to get up and try to break some shit with a hammer like something you're not alive dude um 
such a good band. So I prevail is number three for me. Um, not even like going back to like their earlier stuff. Like um, if you listen to like stuck in your head or mm. one more time or something like that, like that stuff, it doesn't even sound like the same band from their last two albums. And it's so freaking catchy that like, it's just, it's really cool to see where they, where they've come with their sound and where they're going. I am a big I Prevail guy. They just missed the list. I did mention them in the uh, while I was scrolling through. Uh, fun fact: Carrie Underwood, big I Prevail fan. For those who did not know, really? Uh, yeah, I can't remember who or why they showed as me she should be. Yeah, but somebody had asked her about like the music that she likes, and she's like, "Actually, I listen to like a lot of like this band. It's like a screamo band called I Prevail. I love them." And I was like, "What the fuck? Carrie Underwood likes I Prevail? That's great." Hey, she's got props for me. Yeah. All right, so my top two, they seemingly like flip-flop a lot. It just depends on the day. Um, But number two, as of right this very moment, is Motionless and White. Okay. Motionless and White is... I'm not going to hate it, dude. I can't say enough about Motionless and White. They're, again, another band that I love where their sound is going. Like, And a lot of people... I think their last album... (sighs) came out to a lot of fanfare but then there were also people that like were detractors because of what chris is doing with his voice and some of the song structures and you know the boo birds being like oh you know you're going more radio or like some of their songs like sounding kind of breaking benjamin like that's who they get compared to a lot and i don't i don't agree with that like they're nothing like breaking benjamin the fact that chris is clean sounds something like ben's i mean Ben has a really strong, powerful voice. So does Chris. But Ben can never scream like Chris does. And the yeah. guitar work is not even close to comparable. Like, Motionless is set. It, it, I, I want to see what they do with their next album. Um, if they stack up another album that that has is as powerful as their last one, I mean, they'll be in my top five. I'll put it that way. So their last two albums, Scoring the End of the World um which came out last april dude i i don't have enough good things to say about this because there's such like a variety of stuff on here because like you said like they do have like very like there's a couple of songs that are like radio friendly like um werewolf is oh my my god dude might be my favorite motionless and white song but it's it's a clean song where werewolf took me a while to get into man and now i love it it's such a vibe song it reminds me of like it was their take off of uh, of doing a song very like thriller. Yes. The way that I take yeah. werewolf. It, it was their their interpretation of doing a song like that, and they absolutely just crushed it. They'll have songs like that, but then two songs later is Slaughterhouse, which they do with Brian Garris from Knocked Loose. And then yep. later on in the album is BFBTG Corpse Nation. Both of those songs will melt your face off. Or and- burned at both ends is awesome. Yes, like they bar- buried at both ends. Is I think it is some face melting so songs, good. and then um, Cyberhex is awesome. That uh, a, really a bunch of like any song that has the traditional black, like yeah. that. That that's and and I want to sit here and point that out. That is a common theme in a lot of bands that I love. Like you will hear a blah breakdown of Muslim and White and Wage War. If you go to YouTube and you just type in b-l-e-g-h breakdowns i <laughs> promise you motionless will be in the video montage that you are watching and so will wage war 
They are they are both very synonymous with that. But I mean, you said their last two albums were scored in the end of the world in disguise. I go back to their uh, 2017 album Graveyard Shift is when I really started getting into them. Um, Eternally Yours is on that album. Oh, that dude, Eternally Yours is so good. 504 is oh, so good, good too. Um, there's Voices is on that album. I love yep. that song. Um, Rats is on that album. Like they have they have a lot of my favorite Motionless and White song, and I don't. I know I know it just said motionless or werewolf might be my favorite one, but brand new numb I think is always going to be my favorite one. They're doing covers now. They did a cover of um uh somebody told me and it's better yeah. than the original version. Don't at me. It is so good. Motionless and white, absolutely just incredible. And they do Rhea Ripley's theme song from WWE, and that song bangs too. Demon in your dreams. Go listen to it if you have it. It's fantastic. Yeah, I'll, I I started listening to Motionless and White like f- since their first album. Like Creatures was such a good album too. Very good. They did a cover. Um, of, they did a cover of Duhasti, bro. I forgot to tell you that. You <laughs> I didn't know that. But if you go all the way back, dude, like uh, Abigail was such a good song. Very good. Um, really, really love that song. And then um, Count Choculitis, I think is what it's called, or Chalkitis is such a good song too. So no, I, I Motionless is. Is such a good band, man. Um, one of them that's evolved a lot from you know when they yep. started uh, to, yep. to where they are now. Uh, making my top two has I've got to go with two heavyweights. Um, that uh, just there's no way that I can talk about metalcore without mentioning these two bands. Um, the first one honestly has to be all that remains. Um, they're going to be number two for me. Um, Listening to this calling was one shit, one of the the songs that got me into like super freaking heavy metal. Okay, and how they've evolved their song, their their sound over time, and Phil's cleans. Um, it's just been awesome, and he still has some of the just most visceral screams, like you could just conjure up. And um, I I I'm curious what to see what they do um, with the passing of Ollie. They're one of their guitarists, um, yeah. uh, which shout out to ollie like um we saw my wife and i saw them when they came here to dallas and played and ollie was super freaking nice like stayed after the show was talking to people shaking hands um everything like just super incredibly nice guy um so that was really saddening so it's kind of curious like do you know do they continue to make me make music what that looks like and stuff but I love all the remains. Their entire discography is just fantastic. Like if you go from like starting like, you know, fall of ideals, like there's just every, every freaking album is so good, man. Like I've listened to them. There's a few songs that I have of theirs. Um, I haven't listened to a lot of their back catalog, but um, oh, dude, fall of ideals is like one of the quintessential like metalcore. It should be up on like the Mount Rushmore of metalcore albums. Really? Um, okay. I mean, this calling is so good. Not alone. We stand. Whisper. Six. Six is one of the best. If you never listen to six, six is one of the best, catchiest damn songs ever. Um, that's easily a top three song from them for me. Okay. Two weeks is really good, but okay. yeah, no. I, I, two weeks is very good. I like that song a lot. Um, if you like some, so their like album the before that, that one of theirs, uh, some of their older stuff is also really good. Like, um, the deepest gray is a really good banger. So is uh, focus shall not fail. 
um re just really good shit man all of their albums are so good like overcome was nothing really good album. one of their songs hmm? is what if i was nothing one of their songs yes yeah okay. that was on a war you cannot win that okay. was on that that one um but every one of their albums is just has has been awesome man so all that remains is gonna be num my number two i respect all that remains and they are a band that i will have to start listening to more of i was gonna say i have a few of their songs um like i said uh, I'll, I'll i'll keep them in mind okay my, my number one is like i said this fluctuates between motionless and white and this band but the love that i have for this band is just very don't say rooted. something like duhas don't say something like no, 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 no. don't do that to uh, me. i feel like i've kind of like come up with them like i will saw them and like they were getting popular and now they are a pretty popular band and that makes me pretty happy to see so my number one metal band is ice nine kills really wow okay explain uh, I, I like ice nine I, I i'm not as into ice nine as you are um but i'm curious tell me why i love the creativity alone yep with ice nine kills so for those who don't know like they've been a band well it's hard to say that they spencer charnis has been the lead of ice nine kills since like 2000 um they started off as like a ska punk band uh but around 2015 2016 they transitioned more into a metal band uh, every trick in the book is when they kind of started getting to like this horror themed yeah. Um, niche that they are in. So, I was going to ask you, is that the horror theme stuff? Is yeah, that kind of pushes it over for you? Big thing for me, yes. Um, okay. So every trick in the book is... Uh, that. That That's kind of what makes me fade them a little bit because I don't okay. get into that at that part of the aspect. Like I, okay. They are extremely talented and really good at their sound. I think it's just it comes down to the, the subject matter in some of the songs. And it's not that I have yeah. a problem with it or anything like that. Like it's yeah. just, it's not like my, you know, it's not like the my jam so to speak sure um but with every trick in the book this is when they started doing this like kind of horror based thing um mm -hmm. so i think that album came out in like 2015 or 16 and by the way completely new band members from that album like they've just gone under a ton of different uh recycles and whatnot um but so that was based off of each song was a different horror novel um and then with the uh silver scream is when they transitioned into doing songs about horror movies. So that album came out, and I want to say 2018 or 2019. And dude, they did all of the heavyweight movies on that album. Like they did Halloween, Scream, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, American Nightmare is forever going to be one of my top five songs ever. It's just uh, every time that chorus hits, yeah, I want to just hit things. It is great. <laughs> um, and then with their latest album, The Silver Scream 2, Welcome to Horrorwood, they just continued that where it's more, every song is horror-based, more band um, shakeup because their bassist, uh, Justin, joined Motionless and White full-time after Motionless and, White, Motionless and White's bassist quit. So a little bit of crossover between Ice Nine Kills and Motionless and White. Um, but as they've gotten like... Since Silver Scream, when they finally kind of came into their own as like a very popular metal band, I think this is the best sound that they have with the core of guys that they have, and they finally figured it out. Spencer is incredibly talented um, yeah, and creative uh, when it comes to like all this horror stuff and how he incorporates it. Their music videos are real, like 
movie quality music videos that they have that are absolutely insane. They are so, so fun to watch live because they incorporate all of these props and stuff into their, mm-hmm. their live sets. It's so much fun. Their music is really good. They're creative. Um, and yeah, I think that being like a horror buff that I think that is what kind of takes it over for me. So Ice Nine Kills. I, I mean, I think that's a good, I honestly think you could, you could toss that for both like your top two, like motionless yeah. and, and Ice yeah. Nine. I think there's a, mm-hmm. there, there's a thread there, you know? Um, and I, and I don't hate that. Like I, I think it's a, they're a very, very talented band. Um, and I've, I've really, I've liked, like I have a lot of their songs, like in, in the queue, like they're in the rotation for me. Um, I think I've really enjoyed where they've kind of gone with their sound as well. Um, because they were definitely not near, not nearly as heavy as they are now. Like when they first came out totally, you, you could honestly like listen to their first stuff and listen to their stuff now. And you'd be like, this is not the same damn band. Exactly. Not at all. Um, so to see a band change their sound and, and really while keeping the same lead singer too, like that's the other part. It's like they changed up the entire sound, but have kept, you know, they're, their singer has not changed. Yeah. So to see that type of evolution from not only their music, but from their singing and stuff is it's a big deal. You know, like not everybody has that type of like talent to be able to do that. Um, I'm not going to break any glass. I'm not going to sit here and shatter anybody's uh, ideas and such. And (laughs) really, you know, thrown um, or crown a new King here. Uh, It, it's just going to be, I'm going with the chalk, man. Number one has got to be kill switch engage for me. Uh, oh okay has to be has to be has to be i have listened to kill switch ever since they first came out like way back in the day from like my last serenade and everything and through having howard having jesse at the front of the band and stuff and all their different iterations of um with with you know those two different lead singers i love both of them i love both albums uh, every album that they've come out with other guys um i just every so many different life moments have like it's funny when you tie music so much like to life in the sense of like i can listen to certain mute like you know it's funny like people your memories are tied to certain things whether that that can evoke memories whether it's a smell a sight you know what have you or songs like i can listen to like go through the catalog of kill switch engage songs and albums and get mental snippets of where i was when i listened to this or like a moment in my life when when this song kind of like really hit me like i've got kill switch lyrics tattooed on me um so they have to be my number one no that's true fandom um i didn't i didn't didn't know who was going to be your number one i didn't really have a guess in my head um but yeah that's a definitely can't complain with they're one of the bands that that got me into playing guitar um again like i have uh one of their lyrics tattooed on my right arm and it says uh the rising sun will always speak your name and i got in a memory of of a family member that died um but they're just a band that like their entire catalog is just it's powerful it's moving jesse and howard's lyrics their singing is it's just it's talented man like if you want to make a craft a list of like the top just as far as talent and range and vocal abilities jesse and howard have to be inside that top 10 top 12 you know, so for both of those guys and just their longevity um, and, and the type of show, because 
people still equate like so much metal music is like, oh, it's it's screamy, it's mad, mm. it's whatever, man. I'm like, then you're not listening to the message, you're not listening to the lyrics, you're not listening to anything. They're live shows, and I don't know if you've ever been to a Kill Switch show, Jared. I have like, not. The, the energy that they play with is just like when you have Adam D, one of their guitarists, running around in Daisy Duke shorts, screaming <laughs> about um, this, that, and the other, and calling the you know everybody a douchebag in the audience. It's just he's it's just it's electric, man. Like he's so good on stage. Um, really, really uh, makes a show. Uh, really really damn good so kill switch is my my easy number one love them so much no i mean yeah there's definitely a lot of good kill switch engage songs uh that we don't have enough time to dive into all of them but <laughs> I'm trying to think of the ones that i like the most um oh it's probably like rosa sharon end of heartache uh, my curse is that my curse that? yep this is absolution fire um this fire uh you can go even if you wanted to go the cover route you could do holy diver um so much good stuff man no i i have a deep appreciation for for kill switch engage just because that of this fire and of cm punk's theme song for the longest time as a wrestling nerd oh uh, I, I love this fire it's a good song a great song great song mm -hmm. uh yeah, dude, this was fun. We just spent almost as much time talking about metal music as we did about football. And you know what? Cool. Best part of the program. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that we finally did this. It certainly will not be the final time by any stretch of the imagination. Um, well, it depends on what time you time your naps. Um, that's true. That's true. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Fair enough. I did. I, I fell asleep. I, I don't, I'm it's not funny. I'm the old man here, but you're the one that that slept through a pod. How old are you? I don't think. Do I know this? Old enough. Um, old 39. Enough. 39. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have guessed old that. Enough. Old no. enough to not be young yet or anymore. <laughs> I'd turn. I, I'm going to have a quarter life crisis this year. I think I've decided. Yeah. I've just accepted. Not really You'll decided. I don't, think, okay. I don't think anybody just, just is like, you know what? Quarter life crisis. That's going to happen. Um, I've accepted it is more what I've what I've tuned into. Um. <laughs> That's going to happen. I'm going to turn 25 and then my life's going to just go into a spiral. Uh, problems of a person who's not yet 30. Wow. You hate to that, see it. That'll be a day. Um, what do you got coming on Fantasy Pros, buddy? Uh, I'm still in the weeds. Uh, all things Dynasty. I'm, I'm freshening up all my uh, my rookie primers. So quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. I'm getting into more of the, uh, the deeper parts of this class. I just uh, added and I'm adding. So I'm adding basically uh, player profiles um, to all those write-ups. So you can find all of those on fantasypros.com and our Dynasty Draft Kit, which is live, um, which if you're doing startups or trades or what have, like, I mean, really, it's just a mountain of freaking information in there. Like, I, I couldn't imagine even if, like, if you're a seasoned Dynasty player, new to Dynasty, you're thinking about getting into it, really, there there is content throughout all of that kit that can help you out. Um, so really I'm up, I'm updating the primers also doing some best ball content. Um, yeah, I mean, it's still just all things NFL draft, man. And you can find me on the fantasy pros, uh, main show as well as I'll, I'll also hop in on the dynasty show. And I did a show with Joe this morning, uh, for betting pros that should be out by now, or if not, it'll be out later today, tomorrow, um, covering all the draft props, possible landing spots for certain players and how you can get, and take advantage of the betting markets with it, man. But all things, everything, man, football. I mean, the NFL is a 24-7, 365 entity now, dude, and there is content to be had. 
all different forms, facets, not just redraft. It's dynasty and it is best ball and the fun never stops, dude. It never stops. Um, I've never played dynasty. I've thought about it. Maybe, maybe that'll be, you should get me in a dynasty league and I'll think about it. You should name right. just, you know, in the, in the, uh, glorious words of, uh, Val Kilmer say when, what movie is that from tombstone dude have you never seen i've seen tombstone it's been a very long i was very young when i when i saw i haven't seen it since i was probably like seven oh i should probably i I think the the moral here is that i should probably re-watch tombstone doc holiday i i have only like legit characters make this shelf um we have deadpool bob ross deadpool Heath Ledger's Joker, um, there's Ron Swanson, and then there's Val Kilmer's Doc Holliday. And the fact that you cannot get a Doc Holliday quote obviously just hurt my soul a little bit, Bailey. Just gotta I'm say sorry. That. It's, yeah, it's been 18 years since I've seen the movie. I will... Oh my lord! Now you're just making me feel old. Stop! Stop! So, yeah, Sam Elliott's in that, right? I'm asking you a question. <laughs> yes, Jared. Okay, yes, Jared. I'm making sure I'm the right western. All right, cool. Yeah, I like the right western. Do you watch a lot of re- westerns? Yeah, I love Young Guns. Okay, fine. You you okay? Fine. You get a reprieve. You get a reprieve. Okay. I, I I'll let you off the hook if you can name me three character or three actors that have played in Young Guns, and I'll give you one Young Guns one oh. and two. Name three, dude. Okay. Uh, fine, fine. No, play. that's too easy. Five. Let's move up to five then. I should be able to do five. Um, okay. All right. All right. So and Young Guns and Young Guns two. Yeah, you get you get both. I'll give I'll you get both. both. All right, you great. Both. You get both. All right. All right. So we got Emilio Estevez. Yeah, you're gonna go there. Uh-huh. Yep. That's one. Got Charlie Sheen. That's two. Uh Kiefer Sutherland. Three. Lou Diamond Phillips. Four. And Christian Slater. Ah, I knew you're going Slater. There you I go. Dave All right. There down. you go. Faith is restored, Bailey. Faith <laughs> Faith is restored. You had me worried there for a bit. Don't you worry. Uh, my young guns knowledge is vast and it is deep. Um, I could have said, uh, "Who the hell played Pat Garrett? Is the guy from CSI? Why the fuck can't I remember?" Oh his god, name? and he's in a few other things too. Oh, yes, crap. that's gonna piss what me the- off. <laughs> what is? What the hell is his name? Oh god, I gotta, I gotta Google it now. Yeah, that's um, fine. We, we've gone oh. off the rails here. Uh, that's okay. I, I gotta, I gotta do it now. Um, god damn it! What the hell's his name? crap what's his name william william peterson i did not know that guy's name that's his name yep Mm -hmm. wow that was kind of a letdown you sure yeah pretty sure hold on i'm fact checking yeah fact check me here long guns to cast all right let's see here we've got uh yeah yeah you're right I, I didn't know that guy's name. I would have never thought. <laughs> as much as he's in, I would have never thought that his name is William Peterson. There's I, people I, in that movie that I did not know were in that. John Bon Jovi has a has a cameo in that movie, apparently. Does he? Apparently. Where? As does Vigo Mortensen. Vigo, I, I, I just saw that. I was like, Vigo <laughs> was in that? Holy shit. How I'm learning, that? learning a lot of new things about young. Now I have to. Now I got to go back and uh and watch the movie. I just Bon Jovi. I do that jo- Bon Jovi song, and that also slaps. I got to say that. Uh, is it "Wanted Dead or Alive" that was in? Yeah, there? 
yeah, it's yeah, at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That slaps, dude. That that w- you cannot think of uh, Young Guns two without thinking of uh, Bon Jovi. I agree. I'm not the biggest Bon Jovi fan, but I do. No, I'm like- not either. I'm not yeah. either. But One of Dead or Alive is is yeah, uh, very good. Classic. Very extremely fitting for that for that movie. Yeah. yeah. So my 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 new to do list is to watch rewatch Tombstone. Join a dynasty league. I was like, don't lie. Like, if you're just now watching it for the first time, just go ahead and out yourself. For I, I promise. I've seen. I have seen this, is, this is a safe space. If you have not watched Tombstone before, now is the time to sit here and air your dirty laundry. Okay. My dad used to have like a ton of like oh, uh, VHSs of like you know classic movies, and that was one of them. I I just haven't make uh, me feel old. Haven't watched it in a long time, but I'll, I'll swear to whatever God you want me to to swear to that I have seen it. Um. So I'll watch rewatch Tombstone. I, it's I you just brought up VHS movies and said talked about your dad. Now I feel really old because I used to have VHS movies. I think I still have some. <clears throat> I gotta go into Dynasty League. Listen to more Wage War. Those are my three, my three to do list. This I has mean, been a it lot. Sounds, of fun sounds like you're gonna have a banner year, Jared. I don't know about a quarter life breakdown. It sounds like. This could be the best year of your life if you accomplish all these things. Speaking of movies that like I had never seen or hadn't seen forever, I saw Heat for the first time like a month and a half ago. Oh, Heat's very good, dude. Very good. Definitely made his way into my top ten. Yeah, Heat is Heat is very very good. You brought up Val Kilmer, and that that reminded me of Heat. Um, if also to to toss, I don't know how much are you into comedies. Um, for movie wise, name the movie. Um, if you want to go with a really good Val Kilmer comedy, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a uh, is 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 a really damn good movie. I've not seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but I will. I'll, I'll add it to it. I'll is it to it's fantastic. It's one of the first movies that uh, RDJ did right after he got off the wagon. Okay. Um, it is it is unhinged. It's a really good watch. It's a good watch. My favorite comedy movie, and it's also one of my favorite movies, is Wedding Crashers. Okay. I can feel that. Yeah. Vince Vaughn just is a hilarious human being. I, by oh, the yeah. way, I mean, you mean Vince Vaughn, the the Vince Vaughn that plays the same character in every movie, Vince Vaughn, and it works in every. And movie. Owen Wilson plays the same character in every movie, and it works. And every it time. works in every movie, doesn't and it? And Will Ferrell plays the same character in every movie, and it works every that. time. I don't like when people talk about Will Ferrell movies and throw wedding crap. That's not a Will Ferrell movie. He just no, happens it's not to be a Will Ferrell. I said movie. he was in it. I didn't say it was a Will it. Ferrell movie. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not saying you did. I'm saying just in general when people talk about like, okay, rank your five favorite Will Ferrell movies. You you can't. Wedding you're not allowed. Crashers to, cannot be in that. Though. Can't put like, wedding crashers in that just because the very has, end yeah. of it. He's like what, like the last 10, 15 minutes of the movie. No, like, he's funny, it. but it's not a Will Ferrell he's movie. Funny, but it's not a Will Ferrell movie. No, it's absolutely not a Will Ferrell movie. Um. Mm-hmm. Owen Wilson. Okay, we're on the topic of Owen Wilson. Have you seen the Grand Budapest Motel or Hotel? No. I beg of you, please watch it. <laughs> he's not okay. He, he's only have... last like twenty minutes of it. But who? What's the name of the guy who plays um, Dumbledore? Ralph Tinden. Is that his name? Um. Yes, I think he, so. He's become my favorite actor, and I can't remember his last fucking name. Um. Because I watched Grand Budapest. Yeah, sounds like he's ingrained in your heart then. Yes, yes. Because I watched Grand Budapest and I just started watching movies that he was in because I liked his performance so much. I watched um, Kingsman for the first time because he was the main character in it. Oh, Kingsman is so good. Very good. Um, And then I watched The Menu, which was kind of disappointing, but his performance was really good. 
I'm going to throw out one other movie and I'm going to, I'm not going to say I'm going to lose faith, but I'm going to be a little bit disappointed if you haven't seen this movie and it's a new one. It's a new one, Jared. Okay. Oh, if it's a new one, you're, you've got a slim chance, buddy. (laughs) Okay. Then this has to be what you watch this weekend. Okay. I'm going to throw this out there then. All right. The enormous weight of massive talent is legit. Like one of the best, like top five, top 10 comedies I've ever seen in my life. Who's in it? Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal. It's that new one. Like it is. So- oh, okay. it's, it's that. It's that one that everybody's making a meme of right now. It's so good, dude. Okay. So- <laughs> I'm a big Nick Cage. I walked fan. into that movie not expecting a whole lot, and I <laughs> watched that the entire movie. I I laughed harder than I have in a, a very very long time. If you like, um some really dry humor and some of the things are uh kind of office esque where it's almost like so like a little bit awkward so you're like oh shit <laughs> i gotta keep watching don't turn away it's so awkward it hurts me but oh. you gotta you gotta keep watching it it's it's so good dude nicholas cage was was fantastic in that movie i'm a big nick cage guy so that is, is it streaming anywhere Oh, dude, Jesus! You're gonna make me look. Um, if not, I can get on Voodoo and get it. Um, I want to say. I mean, we watched it. It might be on Netflix. I think. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. What's it called again? The enormous weight. Of... The enormous weight of massive talent. Okay. <laughs> Nick <laughs> Nick not... Cage playing himself. Right. There is a fantastic um, and the and this the scene that's getting just meme lorded to death is uh him and pedro are driving um they they're going on like kind of like a, a i want to say it was like a soul journey or whatever but they're both tripping acid as they're <laughs> driving through the countryside and it's <laughs> that sounds, it's, that sounds lovely. <laughs> it's so funny and you, you you'll know when you see it there's a, a scene with um they're they're having to climb over this wall and you'll you'll know what I'm talking about when you get to it. I'm just I'm just gonna leave you with that. It's so ex- good, dude. I'm excited to watch this and I will find <laughs> no, it. No, I got like too. tears in my eyes just thinking about it. It's so good. I will send oh, you a full God. review when I do watch it, I promise. Yeah, um, yeah. You you gotta hit me up in DMs and let me know, man. Because <laughs> it's it's honestly one of the best comedies I've seen in a very, very long time. And I was not expecting it. It's um it's rare when you go to like watch a movie and your expectations are low, you know, because like a lot of nowadays, like, you know, you see the previews and the build up, and the Disney plus stuff, and then you watch yeah. it and there's like this kind of feeling of letdown. That's one of the few movies I have watched in the recent like past. And I've been like, just didn't walk into it with a whole lot of like expectations. And when it ended, I was like, oh, <laughs> it's so good. It's so freaking good. That's rare. It's rare. All right, you're really selling this, so I'm gonna, I'll, I'll go out of my way to find where this thing is, and I and, will... and if you think it sucks, just, just lose my number, Jared. Okay. I highly doubt. I think that I think it'll suck. No, um, I know, I know, man. It's just so I'm, I don't want to build it up too damn much, which I've already done. But it's, it's a fantastic movie. Well, I'm ready for it. Um, <sighs> go, um, and read all of Debro stuff on Fantasy Pros. Watch all of Debro stuff. On fantasy pros read all of my stuff on usa today read my feature on tajay spears it was a lot of fun talking to him um 
And then in the next, are you doing Bengals stuff now too? Did I see that? No, yeah, my yeah. timeline. Are you really not? Are you burying that lead? Are we not going to talk about that? Yeah, SB Nation, mm-hmm. Bengals stuff. That'll be coming. That's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Um, Bengals stuff. I'm a Steelers fan. That's going to be a lot of fun. Wow, it won't be biased at all. Um, Here's the thing. I've never, I've never had a problem with like since I started doing this. Like, yeah, I'm a Steelers fan. It takes fan. your bias all out of it, man. Yeah, fandom, it really does. Fandom goes away. That's what people talk about. Like, oh, I'm a Saints fan. I'm like, yeah, okay. But that never enters into my analysis. Yeah. Like, I could tell you the Saints, like, if they're playing bad or they suck, they suck. Like, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm not going to sit here and shy away. So, You're a Saints yeah, I mean, fan. You know, I didn't know that. It is what it is, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, born and raised in Louisiana. Uh, lifelong Saints fan. If you, you cut it. me, I will bleed uh black and gold and yes um where is he at uh somewhere on the wrong side there's drew Brees. okay hi drew Brees. right right next to group always a pleasure to see you um so yeah go read my feature on ty j spears which is on usa today on bears wire on the bears wire section um and then in the next week or so feature on oh yeah i saw that that on the timeline i was like are you gonna interview puka Yeah, so I, you got to send it to me, dude. I'm a huge, huge Puka stand, man. Me too, and I'm glad that we, him and I were able to set that up. Great dude. Really fun talking oh, to him. Oh, he is so. fantastic. Such a good interview at the Senior yeah. Bowl. I'm, I'm rooting for him, man. I'm rooting for his draft capital to surprise some people. Um, He's a damn good wide receiver. Damn so good. that write-up and everything, the feature on Puka Nakua, receiver from BYU, that'll be up in, within the week um nice. reaching out to a few of his former coaches as well right now just to get more stuff so i don't want to rush it i want to make sure it's good so it'll be up in the next week and i'll tweet it out and yeah i'll send it to you bro why not it'll be i think it'll be awesome good stuff. awesome stuff man love good to talking to you buddy i'm glad that we did this is a lot of fun oh hell yeah man no way to, no better way to sit here and kick off a weekend than chopping it up with uh one of the best in the industry on a friday afternoon my dude you know what man you didn't have to say that i didn't tell you to say that that was really nice of you to say and i appreciate it I mean, you know, some of your uh, musical leanings and some of your uh, movie takes, uh, you know, could still be spit shine, but uh, that's no new. I wish to Christ I had Romstein, like, do do host by Romstein, like, in my in my music thing for this. I would have played us out to that, and it would have been. <laughs> but I do not. Thank I'm you. I'm not going to believe you're a true fan until you get, like, a Romstein lyric that you don't even know what the hell they're saying tattooed somewhere on your body. Until that happens... I'm still going to call you a fake fan. I can. Uh, fan. That, that is something that I could be talked into doing if I lose a bet. Okay. Get some. All I, all I heard was Google's mobile um, tattoo shops. For <laughs> Do that next year. The senior bowl. Yep. We're going to have to set <laughs> right. it up. I can. Uh, that's something I can commit to just to do. I think that would be funny. I mean, I'm down. I'm down for any kind of trunk, drunken tattoo bets. Those are always on the board for me. I'm in. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back around to this uh so then everybody appreciate you watching listening however you're doing it whether it's on wherever you get your podcast believe podcast youtube twitter wherever d bro appreciate you buddy love you to death talk to you soon thanks brother thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube